welcome to the ministries of the Bohomi Baptist Church, where we worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, fair before Him in all the earth. And the pastor is Reverend Nelson. Be blessed by the sermon that you're about to hear. Take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to the book of Psalm, chapter 126. And it's a brief psalm. Amen. Psalm 126, and it reads, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongues with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. Whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bring in his sheaves with him. Let us pray. O oh God, our Heavenly Father, we give you thanks again. O oh Lord, we give you praise. We thank you for Jesus, your only Son and our only Savior. Thank you, Lord. Father God, as we come, we pray now that you would use your word to speak to our hearts. And I pray today, Father God, that you would use me as your instrument to minister grace to the hearts of your people, that as we continue in our worship today, that Jesus Christ would be glorified and the people of God would be edified. Take control, we pray today, Lord. We give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I've entitled this message today, A Fresh Start. A Fresh Start. It is thrilling at times to observe people who have just been born again. Their demeanor changes immediately. The burden of sin they have carried their entire lives vanishes. Strong sense of relief and release takes its place. No longer are they slaves to sin, but they have been delivered from its power over them. 
The joy that floods their soul is seen on their faces and in their lives. They have been given a fresh start, a new beginning, a new life, and new hope. As the days pass by, though, these new believers begin to realize that the challenges of life did not vanish when their sins were washed away. Trials come, temptations come, and Satan opposes them as they strive to live for Christ. They discover that the Christian life is not easy, and discouragement tries to force its way into their struggling spirits. This psalm, Psalm 126, portrays the ups and the downs of the Christian life through the experience of this remnant that returned to Jerusalem from their Babylonian captivity. It captures the exuberant joy they felt when they were first released to go home. But then it conveys their struggles of rebuilding a city that had lain desolate for 70 years. It is interesting that this psalm was sung by the Jews as they traverse to Jerusalem to worship. And rightly so, because it conveys what we do when we gather together in the house of the Lord for worship. We give God praise for what he has done for us. We thank him. But at the same time, we labor and we ask of him to do for us those things that are yet to be done. Are you with me, somebody? That as we struggle through lives, as we deal with the difficulties, we are trusting him to help us. We are trusting him to deliver us. So the psalmist celebrates their return. And he amplifies it in these thoughts. First of all, he says, we, we, we see here the cause of it. And he says, it is Jehovah. When the Lord turned away our captivity. Now, it was Cyrus the king who gave the commandment. But it was the Lord who worked through him to do so. And so they did not say, when Cyrus, but rather, when the Lord. When the Lord turned again, the captivity of Israel. He said it was a strange wonder. Mm. For he says, we could scarcely believe it. We thought we were dreaming. 
It came so sudden we thought we were dreaming. We have been hoping, we have been praying for 70 years. But then when it finally came, we thought that we were dreaming. We couldn't believe ourselves. History tells us that when the Roman emperor granted the Greeks freedom, that they were in this Colosseum and they were preparing for a game to watch some game. And when the announcer came to announce the game, instead the announcer announced the freedom of the Greeks and said they couldn't believe it. They, they were there wondering and then they asked for it to be repeated before they could believe it. The Bible says when, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Israel or Zion, we were like those who dream. Heard a guy say he doesn't like good dreams. He likes bad dreams. Because when he gets bad dreams and he wakes up, he realizes that things could be worse. Well, to each his own. But I love good dreams. Are you with me, somebody? I love good dreams. But the Bible said they thought they were dreaming. They could not believe that the day had finally come. And then he said that our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Can you imagine? Oh, Lord. Can you imagine how they laughed, how they rejoiced, how they sang? There in Babylon for 70 long years, as the years crawled by, they no doubt dreamed of going back to the promised land. Nearly all of those who at this point chose to return were either born in captivity or they were children when they were taken into captivity because they were there for 70 years. They had only heard of the promised land, many of them. And as their parents would tell them and their grandparents what it was like when they were in Zion. But while there, the, mm, the burden of freedom burned in their hearts, the fire, they, they, they wanted to be free. They wanted to go back to their homeland that their grandparents and parents told them about. They longed for that worship experience that their parents told them about. They, they longed to go back to that place where they can experience again the goodness of God in their lives. And so the long, long for day of freedom finally arrived and it seemed too good to be true. The psalmist records for us that it's as if they were dreaming. And even while they were packing their belongings as they were preparing to 
go back to the promised land, many were still wondering if this was real. As they pack, they laugh, and as, as they uh, put things together, and as they started out on their journey, they laughed. Can you imagine after many days of tiresome journey when they reached that point and they're now seeing the hills of Zion overhead of them? Can you imagine the level of rejoicing and jubilation that took place? Amen. They're heading to the promised land. This devout remnant, they praise God without any restraint from the top of their head to the sole of their feet. They were filled with joy. They were filled with laughter for what the Lord has done for them. The Jews return or deliverance from captivity by King Cyrus is a type of our deliverance from sin. Oh Lord. When the Lord God delivers us, just like the people of Israel, they continue to remember the Lord's deliverance. I am submitting to us today that the day that we got saved, the day we received freedom from the burden of our sin is a day that we should never forget. The relief that came over our troubled heart when we realized that we were no longer sentenced to hell but rather we were destined for heaven the relief the joy that flood our soul when the presence of god enter into our lives the unbelievable peace that swept over our spirit when when we receive god's forgiveness oh lord the gratitude we felt for what the lord has done for us what he is doing in our life the hope of being given a new life a fresh start being born again without question brothers and sisters this is the greatest day in the life of a believer the greatest day the day we were born again and throughout each and every day i believe that despite our struggles despite our challenges we should find time to praise God for saving us and for setting us free from the bondage of our sin. And we should never allow life's pressures, brothers and sisters. Does not matter how severe, how overwhelming they might be. We should never allow them to overshadow us to the point where we fail to give God thanks for delivering us from our sin. For many of us, we were so low that I think Psalm 40 verses 2 and 3 gives us a clear picture. He said, he brought me up also out of a horrible pit and of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my going. And he has put a song in my mouth even praise unto our God. And say, many shall see it and fear and shall trust the Lord. Hallelujah. The psalmist here tells us that the heathen saw it. 
Then said the heathen, the heathen saw what God has done for them. The very fact that they were permitted to leave captivity, oh Lord help us, and to return to their homeland, the heathen saw it. And they acknowledged that it is God. Because they had no might in and of themselves that it is God who granted them favor. As a matter of fact, the very king, Cyrus, who set them free, his name was prophesied before he came by the prophet of God. So the heathen knew that it was God who had delivered them for who else could do things like these but God? And then the Jews confirm it and say, yes, what you acknowledge is true. It is the Lord who has done great things for us beyond our merits, beyond our hope, beyond anything we could have ever dreamed of. And he says, because of this, we are glad. For we are free from the yoke of bondage. But there were some Jews who were left in Jerusalem or in Babylon for that matter because this was the first return. And there were a lot who remained for whatever reason. They still remained there. And uh, they prayed for them. They prayed that the day would come when they too would be delivered. Amen. Because they went, this was the first remnant. And then we know that, amen, Ezra went and Ezra was the writer. And he puts together some guidelines for them and the laws and all of those things. And then afterward, Nehemiah came and Nehemiah built a wall. So this was, in fact, the first remnant that went back to Jerusalem. And the psalmist says, they went and they rejoiced on their journey. And they prayed to God that as they dealt with the struggles, as they dealt with the hardship, that God would help them, that God would deliver them. Because the city was lying waste for 70 years. And when you think about it, that's a lot of work to bring it back, to restore it. And they needed help. They needed God's help. Amen. Amen. God delivered them so that they would become a testimony. When Nebuchadnezzar, when his soldiers paraded them into captivity, they were a shameful spectacle to the world. Their pagan neighbors ridiculed them mercilessly as they passed through their land. Even worse, they, they mocked Jehovah. And for generations, Israel had been boasting about their great Jehovah, their protector, their Lord, their master, the one that they served, and that he was indeed a mighty warrior. And here, Nebuchadnezzar's soldier was leading them, parading them into captivity. And the heathen were looking at it and say, well, 
their God must have failed them. But no, he did not. Hallelujah. He cannot fail. This was part of his plan. Amen. Because of their rebellion. Because of their sin. God said, you are going to be taken in captivity for 70 years. And the prophet told them it's 70 years. But there was some other false prophet who came by and said, well, don't worry. It's just going to be for a few years. But no, God says 70. And they were there in Babylon for 70 years. And here this remnant, Lord help me, returned to rebuild a land, a city that lied waste for 70 years. It was a challenge. It was difficult. It was hard. But as they crossed over through the surrounding nations and they saw their triumph as they were entering, the same people who had mocked them, their descendants, now acknowledged that God was with them. The released captive responded to their freedom by giving glory to God. And they affirmed to the pagan nations that it was indeed the Lord who had done great things for them. And I am submitting to us today that as children of God, those whom God has given a fresh start, that God expects us to tell others what he has done for us. God expects us to share that good news. God expects us, brother, sister, to testify of his goodness in our lives. As a matter of fact, the command that Jesus gives to us just before he leaves was that we should go, go into all the world. And as you go, as you go about your daily affairs, as you go about your daily life, tell others what the Lord has done for you. Tell others of the good news. Tell others that the Lord who saved you is able to save them also. One of the greatest evidences of genuine faith in Christ is a changed life. And if people see that change, amen, the things that we used to do, we don't do them anymore. The places that we used to go, they don't see us there anymore. Then they would realize that something, something has taken place. Some change has taken place in your life. Amen. As the Bible tells us that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away and behold all things are become new. And so we are challenged, brothers and sisters, to let others see our faith, to live it out as we go from day to day. For the Bible tells us that we are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. A peculiar people. That we should show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so as brothers and sisters, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, 
We need to ask the Lord to refresh our spirit, to refresh our soul. Amen. So that we'll be able to share the good news, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As these brethren returned to Jerusalem, the bliss of their freedom began to diminish. Because they realize that there is work, there is work to do, that the task is difficult, and they needed the Lord's blessing to rebuild Jerusalem. For their economy and their society need to be restored. And therefore they prayed and turned to the Lord and asked the Lord to restore their prosperity. Mm. They prayed for God to restore their fortune like the stream in the south and interestingly enough historians have a way of shedding some light on some things for us. Say that they were ref referencing to streams south of them that it's parched desert and there is no life there. But during the winter season when it rains heavily and the water runs over the land, it's just like overnight. It's from up, it's fresh and it's green and it's lush. And he's saying, they're saying in the midst of our desert here, because this is a desert, we are asking you to refresh us, to restore us, just like those streams when they get rain and they would spring forth and grass would be green and everything would come back to life saying Lord refresh us for they desperately need the refreshing of God I am submitting to us today that we too need to be refreshed we need the refreshing of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen. We need to be renewed. We need to be refreshed. Many of us need to be restored. There are some blessings that God sends suddenly. There are some blessings that come over the course of time. And there are some that come as we patiently sow and reap. Oh, Lord. But the promise is secure that if we are faithful in due season, we are going to reap if we do not faint. In due season, we are going to reap if we do not faint. The Bible tells us that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. The psalmist says, He shall come down like rain upon the mown grass as showers that water the earth. God will rain on us. And we need to continue praying and continue seeking God to send us that latter rain to send us that rain 
For we need that rain in our lives. We need that rain, brother, sister. We need that rain to refresh us, to get us excited again. Am I talking to somebody? Amen. To get us on the ball one more time. To infuse strength in us and excitement in us once again for the things of God. That God would restore us. So we are praying. We are sowing. And we are expecting a harvest. Oh Lord. While these or this remnant was totally dependent on God for their prosperity to restore them. They considered God's law of nature and claimed the Lord's promise that by faith they declared that God would bless their diligent effort. The psalmist compared the restoration of Israel to the work of the farmer. And in many cases, this was practical for the people of God. The farmer has to sow his crop before he can reap the harvest. In other words, he has to labor before he can receive the reward. And often the farmer sows in tears. Think about it, brother, sister, during time of famine. And uh, this man, this very same grain that he's supposed to use to feed his family is the same grain that he has to plant. And sometimes it would mean that his family go without in order that he might plant. And as he goes out knowing that his whole existence is dependent on whether or not he gets a harvest, he would go out in tears weeping because he's taking away food from his family, going out now to plant, realizing that it all depends on God that if God did not send rain, then he would have no harvest. So as he's out laboring in the field, plowing, digging, he is crying out to God in tears before putting his seed in the ground because if there is no rain, then that's it. It means that there is famine for his entire family. But he's so in tears. But as he sow his seed, oh, God sends the rain. And he begins to see them budding, coming up. Can you imagine? And then as the Lord sends the rain, he saw them growing. And can you imagine the joy that is in his heart as he see them coming up? Amen. Knowing that, amen, God has provided. Because he's so knowing that once you sow and God blesses it, you're going to reap. That's, that's God's law, amen, the law of nature. He also realized that what they sow was what they're going to reap. That they, they sacrificed themselves 
from these grains of corn and said, we are going to put this meal on hold. We are going to plant this. Oh, Lord. They know that when the harvest comes, amen, that they would have corn. Not only that, but they know that they reap more than they sow. So this may be just one meal. Amen. They could have eaten it. And that would be it. But by faith, he knew, based on God's law, the law of nature, that you reap more than you sow. So he's thinking that this one meal, as I sow it in the ground, this might feed us for months with the blessing of the Lord. And he sowed in tears, crying as he sowed his seed. But the Bible says, he shall come rejoicing. Songwriter, the psalmist said, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. He's sowing, he's, he's sowing his seed in tears, but he's looking forward to that day. He's looking forward to the day when, amen, there would be a time of harvest, when he would be able to reap, amen. And he understands also that you reap later than you sow. So he had to keep on watering, keep on taking care of what he has sown, knowing that one day, one day, he would reap. God disciplined his people by allowing them to go into Babylonian captivity. But I find interesting as I think about this particular experience that they had. Because when they were leaving, Nebuchadnezzar's soldiers were taking them into captivity. They were allowed to take all that they could carry. Think about it. Taking them in captivity. But one thing was special to the Jews. It was their harps. Their instruments of music. Because as they were going, they knew the prophecy that God had given the prophet that they would have been there for 70 years. But they were looking that one day they would return. Amen. When the captivity was over. So they took their harps. They brought them with them. Now I think Psalm 137 tells us that they were by the river. And it says, by the river of Babylon, where we sat down, and it was there that we wept when we remembered Zion. The Babylonians said to them, sing us one of those songs that you did in Zion. And they said, oh no, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? For the song of the Lord is a song of victory. The song of the Lord is a song of deliverance. And here we are in captivity. We cannot sing the Lord's song in a strange land. We would be contradicting ourselves. The Bible said that they went. But can you imagine? Can you imagine? When Cyrus said to them, you are free to go. Ah, oh, they would have grabbed those harps. They would have taken them from all those willow trees. Glory to God. And they would have made music. They would have made music for the glory of God. 
Because God had brought them deliverance. When your breakthrough comes, when your breakthrough comes, God expects you to take up your heart, take up your instrument, take up whatever it is that you use to glorify God because many of us are in spiritual retirement. When our breakthrough comes, God wants us to go back to those things. Am I talking to somebody today? Say, sister, sister Judy, she sings the song, say, breakthrough, Jesus. We need a breakthrough. Breakthrough for all. Our eyes are fixed on you. We need a breakthrough from the Lord. But I'm saying to us that when your breakthrough comes, make sure, make sure that you give God the praise. Make sure that you give God the glory. That long-awaited breakthrough that you have been praying for, when it comes, make sure that God gets the glory. Make sure that God gets the praise. For he is deserving of all of it. It is he who came through for you. And so don't take the credit and say, well, it's because I've prayed. Because there are some things that are time-constrained. It's not that the children of Israel did not pray. But God had already decided that they would be there for 70 years. And when the 70 years were over, God said, now enough is enough. Amen. The land is now purged from your sin, your idolatry and all of those things that you committed in my holy city. The land is now purged. You can go back. God took care of the land. 70 years. It rested. There was no idol worship going on in there for 70 years. God said, now I want you to go back. Ah. And they rejoiced as they returned home. But as they began to rebuild, as they began to labor, they realized that this is, this is real work and we need help. And so they cried out to God for help. And I'm submitting to us that the Lord helped. For the Lord sent Ezra from Babylonian captivity. Then he sent Nehemiah later on. Nehemiah was there comfortable serving the king, but uh, he realized that there was trouble back in the land because they brought him news. And he had a desire to go there and to rebuild the wall so that they could have some safety. I am saying to us today that God gives fresh start. And you might be at that place in your life today where you just need a fresh start. You, 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 you have just... You, you've been there, tagging along and going, but you will do well with a fresh start. Say, Lord, today is my day. I want a fresh start. I, I want to just lay all my struggles aside and just devote myself completely to you from this day on. Lord, I need a fresh start. I need a fresh start. And I need it today. If you are in this house and that is your desire, Lord, I need a fresh start. I'm in this rut and I want to get over it. I need a fresh start. I need it today. 
if you are in this house and that is your desire meet me at this altar let us pray this moment, God. 
We confess that we need that breakthrough, Lord. We need that breakthrough, Lord. We need that breakthrough. And we are praying, oh God, that even as we are before you right now, that you would grant us, oh God. You would send help from above, Lord. Send help from above, Lord. We need your help. We need your help, Lord. We need your help, Lord. We need your help, Lord. We call upon you, O God. We need your help. We need help from heaven, Lord. We need help from heaven, Lord. We need your help, O God. We need your help. We cannot, we cannot do it by ourselves, Lord. We cannot. And so we cry out to you, O God. We cry out to you, O God. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, we pray. Help us, O God. Help us, Lord. Help us, O God. Help us. We need your help. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Hear us today, Lord. Hear us today, Lord. Hear us today, Lord. Hear us today. And have mercy on us, Lord. Have mercy on us and help us, O God. Ah, Lord God, we need that breakthrough. We need that breakthrough, Lord. We need that breakthrough in our home. We need that breakthrough in our lives. We need that breakthrough in our family. We need that breakthrough in our church. Lord, we need that breakthrough. Lord, we need that breakthrough. Lord, we need that breakthrough. We need it, Lord. We need it, Lord. And so we cry out to you, O God. We cry out to you. As we surrender to you, Lord. As we surrender to you, Lord. As we surrender to you, Lord. Grant us that breakthrough. Grant us that breakthrough, Lord. Grant us that breakthrough. In the name of Jesus, grant us that breakthrough. We need it, Lord. We need it, Lord. We need it, Lord. We need it. We need it. We need it. We need that breakthrough. We need that deliverance, Lord. We need it, God. We need it in our souls. We need it in our lives. We need that breakthrough, Lord. Grant it to us, Lord, so that once again we can rejoice in you. Once again our souls, our spirit would be revived. Once again, Lord. Once again, Lord. Once again, and we are committing ourselves, Lord, that we are going to give you all the glory. We are going to give you all the honor. We are going to give you all the praise as you grant us this breakthrough. We give you thanks, Father. We give you praise, O oh God. We give, we give you glory, Lord. We give you honor. Just as you brought deliverance for your children. Ah, Israel in delivering them from Babylon. God, and even as they struggle in the work and you re renew their strength, we pray, oh God, that you would renew our strength. Renew our strength, Lord. Renew our strength. I pray that today would be the turning point in our lives. Oh God, as we surrender, as we surrender all to you, that, oh God, you would take control of us. That, God, you would have your way. Take hold, we pray, Lord. Take hold. 
We join together with each person at the altar and believe you, God, that this is our moment. This is our moment, Father. This is our breakthrough. This is our breakthrough moment. And we are believing you for that manifestation in our lives. We give you praise, Father. We give you glory. We give you honor. This is our, this is our moment of weeping. This is our hour of weeping. But Father, we are looking forward to that time of rejoicing when you would give us that breakthrough. We thank you, Father. We praise you, God. We honor you. We honor you, Lord. In Jesus' name. We honor you. We honor you. We honor you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We honor you, Lord. Well, we just want to thank you for listening to today's sermon here at the Bavoni Baptist Church, where sharing Christ is every Christian's business. So as we depart, go and serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords.